Stephen Hicks, 19. Stephen Taomi, 25. James Doxator, 14. Richard Guerrero, 22. Anthony Sears, 24. Raymond Lamont Smith, 32. Edward Smith, 27. Ernest Miller, 22. David C. Thomas, 22. Curtis Strotter, 17. Errol Lindsay, 19. Anthony Hughes, 31. Conorak Synthasomine, 14. Matt Turner, 20. Oliver Lacey, 24. Jeremiah Weinberger, 23. And Joseph Bradhoft, 25. These are the victims of Jeffrey Dahmer. He quotes and says that the only motive that there was ever to completely control a person, a person that he found physically attractive, and keep them with me as long as possible, even if it meant just keeping a part of them. This is a quote directly from Jeffrey Dahmer himself. This is Coco Explains It All, and on this episode, I'm not going to explain Jeffrey Dahmer. This is not about him. We know about him. We know what he's been capable of. We know what he has done. We know that he is no longer on this planet. And now we know that there's a new Netflix series glorifying him a little bit and, and giving us the point of view of his childhood. What does this do? Yes, it gets us into the mind of how did this person become so catastrophic, right? But what I really want to talk about on this podcast is the victims and the idea that something that happens to people on a daily basis by the hands of monsters is then glorified and put out of context for the world to witness. Now, I do believe that this is a catch-22. I do believe that there is a way to tell a story without glorifying an individual. And sometimes these stories could be told to help us, to help us to see and, and point out when someone is showing behavioral issues to see exactly what it is that turns someone into a monster. Are they born into it? What are the statistics? I need to know. Now, maybe I will do another podcast shedding light on the fact that we have had so many films that glorify murderers when I think of anything from the top of my head that is hurting people that is that are real the Amityville Horror the Texas Chainsaw Massacre Hannibal Lecter um, Son of Sam there are so many Ted Bundy and I think it's really scary but I think that if we can go about it by Receiving permission from the victim's families. Maybe hearing their story. Let them tell their story, their version of it, and let's paint their perspective. I want moving forward for us to pay the respect to the victims. 
because every time I watch these films, while they freak me out, they are deranged. There is somebody on the other side of the world who literally had to sit through this experience and know that their daughter was in it and a part of it. Know that their son was massacred. This is ridiculous at this point and I really felt the need to do a podcast that was opposite speaking of Dahmer himself. He's irrelevant in this podcast and I want you all to know that. If you want to go learn about Dahmer, you can go find one of his many documentaries and films. But this one, this one is about the victims. I don't want to talk about how they got mutilated. I don't want to talk about the specifics of what happened to them. But I do know that they definitely could have been living different lives today had this man not been a part of our world. Seems like a pretty good moment to talk about Stuck in a Dream candles. Stuck in a Dream candles are the candle for you. They are premium, luxurious, scented candles, handcrafted and hand-poured by founder Nicole Feliciano. That would be me. And I make them using a virgin coconut soy wax paired with a natural crackling wooden wick in the most gorgeous crystal vessel. Stuck in a Dream Candles has three delicious new scents coming soon for the fall, and I can't wait for you to get your hands on them. So stay tuned and get ready for the website, getstuckinadream.com to return, because you're going to want to get your hands on these. Back to the Jeffrey Dahmer podcast. That's not about Jeffrey Dahmer, right? I want to be a game changer in this podcast industry because one thing that I have noticed is as soon as I did a little bit of research on Jeffrey Dahmer himself, I was going to speak on him. I had about 15 minutes worth of information. But to stay true to the victims and to stay true to how I feel about this, yes, I tried to watch the show. I'm only... I only got to the second episode. It is very, very tough to watch. And I do love film. I do love to see actors tap into different types of characters, especially the challenging ones, because it really does show a different side of them and a different set of range. But I do believe that it has to be done with the correct amount of taste and it has to be done with the victims in mind. I was on Twitter recently and I did see that the victims of Jeffrey Dahmer are not too happy about what is going on with the release of Monster. Specifically, um, I did want to reach out to the gentleman that I found um, who tweeted on Twitter. He happens to be one of the family members of, um, I believe, Rita Isabel, who was the sister of the victim. And there was a courtroom scene that was basically mimicked down to the T. And they feel as though that they have to relive the trauma and they were not aware of the movie coming out. I believe this is ridiculous. And in 2022, it is unfair to put a statement You know, when they make these live, not live, I'm sorry, thank God they're not live. When they make these films and these documentaries, they always say that they have the victims in mind and they did it with taste. And 
honestly, the people did not even receive a heads up that this was coming out. How traumatic must that be? I think it's ridiculous. And I feel that if we are going to be releasing films, we should really do our research and make sure that it's taken from a whole different viewpoint. And it allows the victims to stand up and and have their voice heard. Even if the suggestion is not going to be taken, I still feel that including the victim in the process or the victim's family members is imperative. It's imperative to the film. It's imperative to the nature of the film because this is how we get information incorrect as well. And I know that with films, we want to throw people off and we want to exaggerate certain things, but I'm sorry, how much more can you exaggerate a person that is a murderer to this magnitude. It's ridiculous. People have felt blindsided. There have been articles about it. And I am glad that I have mentioned all of the victims' names. Um, I pray for their family members. And I hope that they receive some sense of solace having to relive this again and again and again and again. It must be a constant nightmare and my heart goes out to them. And for those of us that are continuing to try to profit off of Jeffrey Dahmer in any sense of the way by telling his story over and over and over and over, it's one of the main reasons why I choose not to. So this again is about the victims. I'm going to name them one more time. Because I feel that it's necessary. (sighs) Joseph Bradhoft, Oliver Lacey, Jeremiah Weinberger, Matt Turner, Conorak Synthesomphone, I hope I said that correctly, Anthony Hughes, Errol Lindsay, Curtis Strotter, David C. Thomas, Ernest Miller, Edward Smith, Raymond Lamont Smith, Anthony Sears, Richard Guerrero, James Doxtator, Stephen Taomi, and Stephen Hicks. All of these people that would have had such beautiful lives were the ages of 14 to 31, and their lives were taken at the expense of some guy that had asphyxiation with the human body and with control. I have a lot of opinions on how I feel the anatomy of a serial killer is born. And they're not born. They're created and raised by their parents, whom are those that should be in question. That's where I'll end this podcast. Everyone, Thank you for tuning in, and you have a wonderful evening. Thank you for being a part of Coco Explains It All.